guys were here last week, you noticed that Al's been having some uh, hard time lately with the law. Have you noticed that? Sorry, Al, but I got to keep going with the theme here. And, uh, and, and so uh, he and Candy decided to get away from it all, especially me for some strange reason. And they, they decided to, to go out on the town, you know, just really do it up and have a great time. You know, get away from it all. So they got all dressed up and spoofed up, and, and they phoned for a cab because Al still didn't have his driver's license back yet. But uh, anyway, so they phoned for a cab, and they're getting ready to leave, and, and uh, they covered up their parakeet, they turned out the nightlight, and they put their cat outside. And right after they did all that jump, the taxi arrived, and uh, the taxi arrived out in front there, and so they went out the front door to leave, but all of a sudden their goofy cat went right back in the house. Well, they don't want the cat inside the house all night while they're out because the cat's always trying to eat the bird. Okay, so Candy, she goes out to the taxi cab and Al goes back into the house to get the cat, but the cat runs upstairs and Al's in hot pursuit. Okay, but meanwhile, Candy, she doesn't want the taxi cab driver to know that the house is going to be empty all night long. So she kind of fibs a little bit and she says, uh, 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 my, my husband's going to be out in just a second. Uh, he's going upstairs to say goodbye to my mother. Yeah, so a few minutes later, Al, he makes it back to the cab, and he hops in, and he says, hey, whew, man, sorry, sorry it took so long, and the taxi cab driver, he takes off down the road, and then Al continues, he goes, man, that stupid old hag, she was hiding underneath the bed, and so I had to go poke her with a coat hanger just to get her to come out, and then I had to wrap her in a blanket to keep her from scratching me, but, but, then, but it worked, man, I hauled her big behind downstairs and threw her in the backyard, and that's right. Taxi cab driver crashed into another car and so ended their evening. Give it up for Alan Candy. <laughs> now, if you guys have been here the last few weeks, how many guys would say that, man, number one, Al should stay away from taxis. Okay, number two, Al should just stay home. You know what I'm saying? It just ain't working. Week after week after week, man, it just seems like things keep getting worse for Al, doesn't it? Well, that's right, folks. You know the theme. Believe it or not, Al is not alone. The Bible says one day the whole planet is going to have days like that, week after week after week after week for seven years nonstop at the rapture of the church. And that's because they just entered the seven-year tribulation. And folks, that is no joke. Okay, the Bible says of that time, the seven-year tribulation, it's not a party. It's an outpouring of God's wrath on a wicked and rebellious planet. In fact, as we've been seeing, Jesus said in Matthew 24, it's going to be a time, quote, of greater horror than anything this world has ever seen or will ever see again, and that unless God shortened that time frame, nobody on the planet would survive. The entire human race would be destroyed. But praise God, as we've been seeing, God's not just a God of justice dishing out his wrath. He is going to have the last word on the evil and suffering that we see today. Nobody's going to get away with nothing. Okay, that's good news. But he's not just a God of wrath, of justice. He is a God of love as well. And because he loves you and I, because he's concerned about us, all of us on the planet, we're his creation created in his image. He's given us many warning signs to wake us up so we would know when the tribulation was near and Christ's second coming was rapidly approaching. So in order to keep you and I here at sunrise from experiencing the ultimate bad day of being left behind, having the worst time of our lives week after week after week after week for seven years, if you're even still alive, we're going to continue in our study called The Final Countdown. Okay, and if you guys have been tracking with the study, you've already seen the number 10 sign. Remember, it's a countdown. The number 10 sign was the Jewish people. And if you were here last time, the number nine sign was modern technology. And what we clearly saw, folks, this is plain in the scripture. What we saw is God lovingly foretold us that when you see on the planet across this world, all of a sudden in a generation, a massive increase of travel, a massive increase of information, which leads to a massive increase of unrest. Do we see that today? <laughs> it's commonplace. The Bible says you better wake up, man. Believe it or not, whether you like it or not, you're in that generation. You are living in the last days. 
It's time to get motivated, but that's not all. The second end time prophecy concerning modern technology is it's clear, folks. The Bible says there's going to be an increase of Bible fulfillment when it comes to modern technology, okay? Now, here's the reason why I bring that up because this is really important. If you guys have been paying attention, unfortunately, there's a bunch of people out there who do what the scripture says you shouldn't do and no man uh, knows, and that is set a date for the time when Jesus Christ comes back. I don't care how good you are at math, Unfortunately, people don't read their Bible when the Bible says nobody knows the day nor the hour, right? Only God the Father. Now here's the point, because of people doing that, unfortunately, it's created this society of skepticism towards uh, uh, Christianity when we start to tell them today that Jesus is coming back, okay? If, if for the last 50 years or so, people have been mocking Christians and Christianity when you and I try to mention Bible prophecy and we lovingly declare to them, you need to get ready. They say this, uh, because of these false day setters, you Christians keep saying that the Lord's coming back any day now, real soon. You've been saying that for 50 years. What makes this time so different? Why should I listen to you this time? Right, you've heard it. Now listen, here's my whole point with this study today. This is the importance of understanding what's going on right now with modern technology. Because of modern technology, if you've been paying attention, listen, for the first time in man's history, we now, for the first time, have the technology to pull off the events in minute detail that are mentioned during the seven-year tribulation. That's what makes it so different today. Never before have we had the technology to pull it off, which means the stage really is set. It is really ready to go. There is nothing, technologically speaking, holding it back from occurring. That's why we need to listen. So what are these passages concerning the modern technology being fulfilled today, showing us we're really living in the last days? Well, give it up for Jenna. That's an, a brilliant question. It works well with my notes. Thank you. That's right. Uh, thanks for asking. The first Bible passage that's being fulfilled in minute detail today for the first time in man's history, that's why you need to pay attention this time, is this, the death of the two witnesses. Never before had we had the technology to pull off what the Bible mentions. This is halfway into the seven-year tribulation, but don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God. Let's read that text again. Revelation chapter 11, verses one through nine. Open your Bibles there. Revelation chapter 11, and if you find the dictionary, what do you guys do? Hang on left, that's right. Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. We've been here before, especially when it came uh, to the Jewish temple, which, as we saw before, they're getting ready to build before our very eyes, okay? But let's take a look now, specifically, what happens to the death of the two witnesses? Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 through 9 says this, I was given a reed, John says, like a measuring rod, and was told, go and measure the what? the temple of God and the altar and count the worshipers there, but exclude the outer court, do not measure it because it's been given to the Gentiles and they're gonna trample on the holy city for 42 months and I will give power to who? My two witnesses, my two witnesses and they will prophesy 1,260 days half the seven year tribulation clothed in sackcloth. Now these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. If anybody tries to harm them, fire comes out of their mouths and devours their enemies. This is how anyone who wants to harm them must die. Don't mess with them. These men have power to shut up the sky so that it will not rain during the time they are prophesying. And they have power to turn the waters into blood and strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want. Now, when they have finished their testimony, the beast, the Antichrist, that comes up from the abyss, God's going to allow him to do something. Pay attention. They will attack them and overpower them and what? He's going to kill them. Now, here's my whole point. Modern technology. Their bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, where our, their Lord was crucified, i.e. Jerusalem, right? 
So their bodies are going to lie in the streets of Jerusalem, according to the text there. Okay, listen to that. For three and a half days, who? Just the people there? No. Men from every, what's it say there? Men from every people, tribe, language, and nation, the whole world will gaze on their bodies and actually refuse to have them buried. Interesting. Now, folks, once again, we're looking at this classic passage about the death of the two witnesses, okay? And again, before we get to the prophetic significance of what's going on right now with modern technology concerning this passage, you gotta put it back in its historical perspective. Can you imagine the Apostle John when he's writing this nearly 2,000 years ago under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? It must have seemed like a what? An incredible fantasy. Like, what are you, what? How in the world, you can put it in his mindset, how in the world is the whole world going to simultaneously watch two dead bodies and rejoice over their death, right? Uh, guess what, folks? It's commonplace now, in our lifetime. Due to the advent of television and global satellite technology, you and I can simultaneously watch anything we want, anywhere we want, anywhere around the world, at any time, right? Okay, that's never happened before in mankind's history, which means this passage we just read, we now have the technology to pull off. That's how close it's getting. For the first time in man's history, we can now watch the two witnesses, their death, anywhere around the world for three and a half days, exactly like the text says. But that's not all. This is what's really wild. We not only have the technology to observe their death with global satellite technology, television, etc. okay? But we have, for the first time, folks, a platform being built to ensure that everybody gets to see this on the same channel globally, okay? Believe it or not, folks, plans are being made right now for the first time in man's history to create a global television network, listen, to broadcast these kinds of events, listen, specifically made for a global ruler. I'm not making this up, okay? And remember, that's exactly what the text says, a global ruler at that time, the Antichrist, is the one who's going to overpower and kill the two witnesses. Here's the proof, folks. This is what they're doing as we're sidetracked with everything else. Here's what they're hoping to launch on you and I. UN watchdog, uh, Cliff Kincaid, that's him right there, always paying attention to what's going on with the United Nations. Maybe we should too. He said, uh, he reported, quote, surprise and even shock were among the reactions to my recent column about how elite members of the World Economic Forum, media in Switzerland, were considering a proposal for a new global television network to usher in a state of global governance. That's the code word for new world order, one world uh, government, okay, is what they're doing. He said the media proposal is to create a new global network with the capacity to connect the world, bridging cultures and peoples, and telling us who we are and what we mean to each other. And he said, well, hey, isn't it nice that we might have a TV network telling us who we are and what we mean to each other? Uh, perhaps we'll learn that we are global citizens, and perhaps a global leader of some sort will tell us that. I wonder who that might be. Antichrist. That's right, Caleb. Uh, the Antichrist. Okay. Kincaid said, hello, this is George Orwell, 1984. It's coming to life. This isn't make-believe, folks. This is what they're working on right now as we speak. He said, this is what was alarming. Several prominent U.S. media figures have signed on to the alarming and controversial proposal that envisions itself to become a genuine global voice. He said they have declared, quote, we're championing a new global independent news and information service whose role is to inform, educate, and improve the state of the world. And one that would take advantage, i.e. control, all platforms, listen, of content delivery from mobile to satellite to online and create a new global network. Now, I love this quote. Kincaid said, although he's no biblical scholar, he wonders about the end time implications of such a channel. 
He says, clearly they're talking about this global order, new world order, global taxes, and now global TV put at the service of some kind of global ruler of the world. He says, I don't know whether that would be the antichrist or not. And survey says, yes, it is. <laughs> that's absolutely right. Isn't that amazing? But that's right, folks, just in case you miss the new upcoming Global News Network broadcast of the death of the two witnesses, get this, Google just came out with a brand new bird's eye view of all places on the planet. They just got done mapping it. The streets of Jerusalem. And where will people around the world be gazing upon these two bodies? In the streets of Jerusalem. Check this out, they just came out with this app. Today we're launching uh, imagery, first time uh, imagery of Tel Aviv, Haifa, and Jerusalem uh, on Street View. It's a very special day for us, and we're really happy to basically have Israel on the map. Um, this includes streets uh, across uh, Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, and Haifa, but also cultural, historical, and the religious sites. Uh, by the way, religious sites to all faiths, um, examples are the old city of Jerusalem. Examples include the Via Dolorosa or the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And um, we also have uh, beautiful sites in uh, Namal Jaffa, so the port of Jaffa, uh, and the Bahian Gardens in Haifa. All this now will basically be accessible to millions of users around the world in a click of a button, either from their PCs or mobile phones. Wait a second. I mean, they literally, go hop online. They just came out with that for the first time ever. And you talk about coming alive. What, what, what did our text say? And their bodies will lie in the street of Jerusalem. They'll refuse them burial. They'll be staring at it all over the world for three and a half days. Sounds to me like somebody's getting all their bases covered with the technology. I mean, just in case you missed the new, apparently upcoming global news broadcast, uh, thanks to Google, uh, you could tune into the Street View on your cell phone in case you're not around a television or other mobile device. And interesting. But that's not all. That's only the first part of what's going on there technologically. The text says one more thing. What were the people doing as they're watching uh, the death of these two guys uh, staring at him in the street there for three and a half days. Here's what verse 10 says. The second part of this says this, Revelation chapter 11, verse 10, the inhabitants of the earth, so again, it's a global event, will gloat over them and will celebrate by sending each other gifts. Why? Because these two prophets, listen, they were preachers of righteousness. This is how evil the world is going to get. They, they considered them as they were tormenting them, those who live on the earth. That's, that's a whole different topic we haven't got time to get into yet, but what? And so what we see here is the next thing that they're going to do, and again, you've got to put this in the Apostle uh, John's uh, perspective 2,000 years ago. How in the world, number one, are people going to watch globally the death of these two guys lying in the street for three and a half days? Okay, number one. But two, what else did he say? How in the world is the people around the world going to send each other gifts? Being so excited. Yay, they're dead. I've got to send the gift to somebody. Right? That's what, the, that's what the text says. Now listen, folks, for the first time in mankind's history, we can pull it off. When John's writing this, they didn't even have the Pony Express back then. Okay? So what? how is that going to happen? Because remember, the context is it's got to happen around the world. You've got to get it there within three and a half days. Well, as we saw last week, folks, for the first time in man's history, we now have a global distribution network. 
Thanks to the rise of modern technology, we have a system now built for us. We have a global transportation system, not local. We have a global communication system, not local, that's linked to a global supply chain system that's overseen by a global trade and commerce and it's an economic system because we can interchange finances anywhere in the world now, okay? And so, as we saw last week, this allows us for the first time in mankind's history to go to your local store and get fresh crab meat shipped to you from Thailand, a thoroughbred horse shipped to you all the way from New Zealand. You can order and get fresh flowers all the way from South America. You can have a genuine New York City style pizza delivered anywhere in the world. And what if you were here last week? We can now for the first time in mankind's history send a package from Japan in the afternoon and have it arrive in Washington DC the next morning. Which I'm thinking could also include a celebratory package sent by somebody anywhere in the world who's gloating over the death of two guys, two witnesses, and they're watching this event on the TV or their cell phone. And now thanks to the other technology called the internet, we don't even have to go to the store anymore to buy that gift to send to somebody. We don't even need to go to the post office to mail it to somebody. The click of a mouse, punch it on your cell phone, it's all taken care of you. Why should I listen to somebody this time when they kept telling me about the soon return of Jesus Christ? Uh, why uh, when there's been all these false prophets uh, before? Because never before in the history of mankind have we had the technology to pull off the death of the two witnesses and we could do it right now. In fact, it's so commonplace, we don't even think about it, do we? That's why we need to listen this time, but that's not all. The second Bible passage is being fulfilled before our very eyes, uh, thanks to modern technology, and that is the deception of the false prophet and how he's going to dupe the whole world. Let's take a look at that text, Revelation chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13, verses 11 to 13, uh, through 13 says this, then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. This is the false prophet. He too, like the Antichrist, the dragon is Satan, defined by the text. He's inspired by Satan too. Shocker. Okay, now here's what he's going to do. He exercised all the authority of the first beast, the Antichrist, on his behalf. And here's what he did. He made the earth and its inhabitants worship the beast, the first beast, the Antichrist, whose fatal wound had been healed. We'll get to that, Lord willing, later. And he performed, here's how he did it. He performed great and miraculous signs. Listen, this text specifically calls it out, even causing fire to come down from heaven or the atmosphere to the earth in full view of men. Okay? Now, folks, again, this is the classic passage of the false prophet. And what we see here is the technique that he's going to use that's recorded for us in the scripture. How in the world is he going to dupe the whole world into worshiping the Antichrist? And one of the specific things that was called out there in the text is apparently he's going to cause fire to come down from heaven or, again, the atmosphere in full view of men. But the whole time, the Bible also tells us these so-called miracles, you know, this superpower this false prophet or the Antichrist has, it's counterfeit. Okay, it's a bunch of baloney. And that's again what Paul says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. He says, now the coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist, okay, is going to be in accordance with the work of Satan, the dragon. Okay, now listen though, it's all manufactured, it's fake. It's displayed in all kinds of true miracles, true signs, true wonders. No, what's the text say? It's going to be counterfeit signs, counterfeit miracles, and counterfeit wonders, okay? And that's important because these so-called miracles uh, that's happening today, uh, that he's gonna do in this text, even causing fire to come down from heaven in full view of men, Paul says it's a bunch of baloney. It's not a true miracle. It's a manufactured miracle, 
okay? It's fake, it's phony, and so that's the question that we have today. How close are we getting? Why should I listen to somebody when they said, hey, Jesus is coming back soon and you need to get ready? Well, here it is. The question is, do we have any kind of technology on the planet right now that could help the false prophet pull off this false phony miracle, i.e. causing fire to come down from heaven? Yes, hardly anybody seems to know about it, even though it's commonplace out there, okay? And I think that's what the Antichrist is gonna uh, uh, jump on. Most people don't know the technology we have at our fingertips, and one of the technologies that we can cause fire to come down from heaven, as well as some other interesting side effects, it's called harp, okay? And that's right, it's not the kind that angels play, Al. Okay, it's a different kind, it's a technological one. Let's take a look at this new harp technology on the planet. Harp is comprised of 180 antennas, approximately 72 feet tall, linked together to function as one giant steerable antenna. Steerable because it can aim millions of watts of ELF waves into one tiny patch of the atmosphere. The amount of energy we're talking about here is 3.6 million watts. To give you an idea of what that is, the largest legal AM radio station in North America is 50,000 watts. HARP is 72,000 50,000 watt radio stations injecting their entire output into a spot that's about 12 miles across by about two and a half miles deep by about 90 miles up. This is where HARP is pointing. It's an area located roughly 300 miles from Anchorage. The intense energy being beamed into the sky by HARP is actually heating up the atmosphere, causing weather changes. HARP is being used for weather modification. The military's own record proves it. They've admitted it within their own documents. HARP is one of several ELF wave transmitters located all over the globe. The United States owns and operates three of them, one in Kakona, Alaska, another in Fairbanks, Alaska, and one in Arecibo, Puerto Rico. Russia has one in Vasilursky, near Nizhny, Novgorod, and the European Union has one near Trumsa in Norway. Working in tandem, these transmitters could potentially alter the weather anywhere in the world, changing the jet stream's course entirely, triggering massive rainstorms or droughts. Even hurricane steering would be possible by heating up the atmosphere and building up high-pressure domes that could deflect or change the course of hurricanes. Dr. Agnew experienced the power of ELF waves firsthand back in the 1980s. He was hired by an energy company to locate oil and gas using the same kind of ELF waves at much lower frequencies to carry out his search. It's a process called Earth tomography. But during one particular incident, Dr. Agnew believes his use of harp-like ELF waves accidentally triggered an earthquake. It was in the spring of 1987 we, we arrived in Roseburg, Oregon to use our ELF technology to search for oil and gas. Setting up that day, we had a little bit different results than we expected because the instant that we energized it, there was between a 4 and 4.5 on the Richter scale earthquake that occurred. There are reportedly a total of five known ionospheric heaters, including HARP, in the world today. There are possibly 20 other ionospheric heaters in existence all over the world. Wow, that's pretty interesting technology that's out there that most of us have no clue what's going on. Wait a second, you mean to tell me that we actually have the technology right now 
in different places around the world to possibly control the weather to even possibly manufacture an earthquake. Uh, yeah, it's called heart, folks. It's so commonplace that uh, even the History Channel apparently knows about it, okay? But one thing that they left out, what was interesting about this technology, is believe it or not, this same technology could be used to create what's called a death ray, okay? That can be beamed up into the atmosphere, travel along the ionosphere, and come back down from the atmosphere to an intended target anywhere in the world. And I quote, harp technology can create an energy that can discharge back down the radio beam and strike the earth, listen, with a lightning bolt that is 100 times greater than any lightning bolt imaginable. And it will not strike one time, but rather 30 to 40 times per second until all the energy is discharged. And when it strikes the ground, it will vaporize the ground, water or whatever it happens to hit. Listen, like three or four Mount St. Helens volcanoes going off each second that that bolt is discharging. Now put it in our text of what we were talking about with the false prophet. I mean, can you imagine the level of trickery? Remember, because that's what the text says. It's false. It's fake. It's manufactured. Can you imagine the level of technology, uh, the trickery, the deception that he would have right now at his fingertips thanks to modern technology? He dupes the whole world into worshiping the Antichrist. Maybe there's a little pressure there. Hey, listen, if you don't worship the Antichrist like I tell you to, I am supernatural. I'm going to cause an earthquake come and take out your country. I, I'm going to manufacture an earthquake and really mess you up. In fact, I, if you don't do what I'd say, I'm going to cause fire to come down from heaven in full view of men. And it's all fake. But if you don't know the technology, you think the guy's supernatural, right? It's counterfeit. But that's still not all. There's also one other interesting side effect that this harp technology can do. And, and for some strange reason, it has these weird adverse effects on the human brain. That's going to come in handy. Let's take a look at that one, too. Jean Manning is a journalist who stumbled into a strange world when she started asking questions about alternative energy sources and heard the story of an early 20th century inventor named Nikola Tesla. Tesla is almost a cult hero and an overlooked genius. And he has so many inventions that are at the basis of technologies that we have today. Tesla talked about this Tesla shield around the planet and um, talked about particle beam weaponry, something called a death ray. Death ray? Gene wasn't sure where all this was leading until Mr. X called again. And he said, the maniacs are actually going to do it up in Alaska. Zap incoming missiles, disrupt global communications, and engineer the weather. And ready? There's one more. Some people believe the technology being tested here could be used for sinister projects involving humans. Radio waves messing around with people's brain waves. The uh, human mind is subject to uh, being affected by uh, radio frequency energy and that's what this device is. In other words, you can move the moods of large populations using this kind of technology. The question is, you know, could they, would they? And we believe they can and we believe they will. Somewhere at some point, all of this technology merges at some level within the Pentagon and it happens to be in Alaska and it happens to be now. Wait a second, you can move I'll, I'll quote what the guy said there. You can move the moods of large populations with this technology. 
Now, why in the world would you want to have a technology that can alter the human brain? Some reports, I remember this back from tech school before I even got saved, involved with the computers and stuff. We used to ask these questions. What effects could you have on the human brain with these LF waves, extremely low frequency, which just happens to resonate with the same frequency of the human brain? And when you do that and you could begin to tweak the human brain, you could either put people in one spectrum, a state of complete agitation and violence, or you could turn it another way, so to speak, and you could put them in a state of euphoria, all just using electronics. Well, it's interesting, folks. If you couple this with another new technology out there called the Voice of God weapon, okay, that's come out, and listen, that's an actual weapon that has been devised. You can check it out yourself, okay, DARPA, and uh, you can check it out for yourself, and that is a piece of equipment that they use, and they, somebody's speaking into a microphone, and you could beam it directly at somebody's head. The problem is they don't see you. They don't know where it came from. Okay, and the next thing you know, the sound is coming from inside their head. It uses their cranium as the, the, the speaker box, if you will. And so when the person is speaking in the microphone, the person thinks, it's, oh, hence the voice of God. That's got to be God. I hear this voice inside my head, not outside of it. So you couple that with that technology, and it just so happens you finally have the precise instrument that the occult has been waiting for to pull off the ultimate deception in the last days to get people to worship the Antichrist. Now, folks, what I'm about to share with you are some actual notes, okay, and I know the source, that was, they snuck out from an occult meeting that they were in, uh, got snuck into many years ago. And he took notes in that meeting, and, he sh and this is what the occult is planning on doing in these last days. And you tell me if somebody isn't following a script, but here's just a piece of the notes that he recorded out of that occult meeting. Here's what they believe. The occult believes that once all the world's religions come together, and they're expecting it soon, okay, a religious leader will be chosen to be the Earth's religious spokesperson. Wonder who that might be, a false prophet. And this spokesperson will then encourage all the people of the world to accept a new world leader who will suddenly appear on the scene. Sounds like the Antichrist, doesn't it? Uh, and interestingly enough, the occult is in full agreement, folks, that none of this can fully take place until the people who will never go along with this one world religion are taken out of the way. Wonder who that is. That's us, folks. Okay, and in fact, this is what's really wild. He took these notes down. He said, they say that these people who are restraining or holding things up, they're not necessarily going to die. Listen, but will somehow mysteriously disappear or in their words, quote, elect to leave this dimension as if going into another room. That sounds like the rapture. Very interesting. And they believe that once these people were out of the way, Christians, the occult says the new world leader will take his place uh, rightfully over the world, and then and only then will it be possible to build a combination temple, church, mosque in Jerusalem. Remember, they're wanting to do that now. And that will finally be the event that breaks the Middle East logjam, which everybody's been trying to make unsuccessfully. And it just so happens this sounds exactly like the Antichrist making the seven-year peace treaty with Israel, Daniel 9.27, and that's the very event that starts the seven-year tribulation. This is what they're waiting for, folks, their own words. But here's what's interesting with the technology. They also believe that just minutes before the Antichrist arises, some supernatural sound will be heard and spiritually felt by everybody on the planet simultaneously. Surely that's supernatural, right? No, we can manufacture that with technology today all around the world, okay? And they believe that because of that, at no other moment in world history will so many people be impacted at once. This action is designed to get everyone looking around as to what caused that sound. Where did it come from? Now, here's what's really freaky. It's almost like the false prophet is doing a practice run with the technology. I kid you not, folks. Recently, there's been a recent flood of reports all over the world of people hearing that they are saying, we're hearing these strange noises coming from the sky all over the world. 
Here's just a couple of them. Check this out. Some strange noises heard around the world the last few weeks has uh, people buzzing, especially on YouTube. Clips posted from Arizona to England and right next door in Manitoba, all showing folks alarmed by what sounds like a noise straight out of a science fiction flick. Valley News Team's Eric Kress tries to find out if there's any explanation for the strange sounds. <laughs> watching a scary movie. The background noise gives you the feeling that something terrible is about to happen. That's a haunting sound if we've ever heard one. One ball, no strikes. <laughs> and the bunt is foul. The count is one and one. Now what could that possibly be? Somebody shut the door. It sounds supernatural. Gets you looking up, won't it? Stage one. Stage two, here's what they believe. Now, with everyone's attention aroused, images of the Antichrist will appear simultaneously over the entire earth, speaking to mankind, each in his own language. Remember the voice of God weapon. Okay? Uh, uh, the signs and wonders, their words, will have begun. Here, the Antichrist will appear as a man to a man, a woman to a woman. He will appear as a white to a white, as a black to a black, as an Indian to an Indian, etc. It makes no difference whether you're viewing him in person or on television. Thus, he will show that he is all things to all people. But wait a second, we don't have the technology. It's one thing to create sound all over the world and fire coming down from heaven and all that other stuff. But do we have the ability to, to do global visions of the Antichrist? This is wild. I don't know if it was ever reported here in America, but uh, you talk about massive visions. This one was recently captured in China. Check out this technology. It looks like your average city skyline, but in fact, these images are just an elaborate optical illusion. The amazing mirage appeared over Huangshan City in East China at dusk on Thursday. Following a heavy downpour, the spectacular images of mountains, buildings and trees appeared in the thin mist above the Xinan River. The phenomenon began at about 5pm local time, to the amazement of passers-by. It's really amazing. It looks like a scene in the movie, in a fairyland. Although residents say that similar sights have been seen lately, most agreed that this one had been the most impressive. Man, why did I buy that high-definition TV, Ron? I could have got one of those. Get some speakers. I got speakers going around the world. Can you believe the technology that we have right now? Put it with this text, but again, put it with the average person. How many people know about this stuff? And so when the buttons get pushed, it's got to be from God. No, it doesn't. 
The Bible says in the last days, a false prophet is going to come. He's going to dupe the whole world into worshiping the Antichrist, and he's going to use false lying signs, counterfeit miracles. Why should we listen when people tell us, hey, you better get prepared. Jesus is coming back soon. Why should I listen this time? Because never before in the history of mankind do we have the technology to pull that off in minute detail. The third and final one we're going to deal with today, passage is coming alive that's being fulfilled in minute detail thanks to uh, the modern technology is the death and the demands of the Antichrist. Now this is the rest of that passage. Let's take a look. Uh, Revelation 13 verse 14 through 15 says this, because of the signs he was given a power to do on the first beast, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth. We just saw that. It's all manufactured. Okay, oh, it had to be God, I I guess we better listen to him. Okay, but listen, here's what he did next. He ordered them to set up a what? An image in honor of the beast, the Antichrist, who was wounded by the sword, yet lived. Okay? Now, he was given power to give breath to the image, it came to life, so to speak, of the first beast, so that, listen, that image could what? Speak and cause all who refused to worship that image to what? To be killed. Which, last time I checked, would seriously ruin your day. Okay? And again, here we see the rest of that passage, and this tells us the ultimate goal of the false prophet and all this deception he's using. Ultimately, he's going to use that to dupe the world, to worship the Antichrist, specifically the text, though, says his image, right? Or you're going to die, okay, is what's going on there. And, and apparently, it has something to do, according to the text, with the Antichrist dying or an alleged death. And I would say that because, again, remember, their characteristics are uh, counterfeit, lying, signs, wonders. They're deceivers, they're liars, okay? So there's a debate on that. So after his death or alleged death, the false prophet is going to set up an image, a likeness of the Antichrist, okay, that can actually talk with, can actually speak with people, can actually interact with them. And so that's the question. Do we have the technology for images to do that with people today? Yes, in fact, they're so commonplace, they use them in news broadcasts nowadays. Check this out, folks. They're called 3D holograms. This is neat. I want you to watch what we're about to do because you've never seen anything like this on television. Hi, Wolf. All right, a big round of applause. Uh, we did it. Uh, there she is, uh, Jessica Yellen. Uh, I know you're in Chicago, but we've... Uh, done something, a hologram, we beamed you in. We beamed you in here uh, into uh, the CNN Election Center. Uh, I want to talk to you as I would normally be talking to you if you were really face to face with me. I know you're a few thousand, at least a thousand miles away, but it looks like you're right here. Uh, how are you excited are you, Jessica, that this is the, you're, you're the first one that we've beamed in to uh, the CNN Election Center? I know, it's like I follow in the tradition of Princess Leia. Prince Charles gave a speech to the World Future Energy Summit. The catch? He was not there. Instead, a 3D hologram of the prince recorded last year in the UK. Uh, some of the biggest names in music, of course, uh, performed uh, at Coachella. It happened over the weekend, the Coachella Music Festival in California. Radiohead, the Black Keys, many, many, many others. One person, though, you would never expect would be there would be Tupac. Shakur, the hip-hop legend, appeared, literally appeared on stage last night performing his greatest hits thanks to hologram, te hologram technology. Look at this. Yeah, that's Tupac. Over the weekend, last night's concert goers went absolutely crazy when they saw it. Uh, when it hit the stage, you know he was uh, he was killed. He was shot and killed back in 1996. Wait a second now, that guy's been dead since 1996, and 
We actually have the technology right now to beam an image of a person, even a dead person, even a world leader. And it's not even live? I don't know, maybe it's just me, Oz, but I'm thinking that would come in handy to pull off the deception of the Antichrist from the false prophet and worship this image of this guy that supposedly died and came back to life. But that's not all, folks. I'm telling you, the technology is advancing. Over in Japan, it's huge, okay? We now not only can create these 3D images of somebody, whether they're alive or not, Okay, but now people are getting used to interacting with them even on a worshipful mindset, okay? Japanese over there in Japan, the anime characters are huge. They're doing concerts with them and it's all with 3D imagery. Watch the people's response to this image, okay? Take a look at this one. It's just a 3D image of something interesting. Wow. You, uh, maybe it's just me, but not much of a slide there. You, you supplant that image with the image of the Antichrist and say, worship it? Yeah. Grab your light stick. People seem to be ready for it, right? Still not all. Believe it or not, folks, we not only have the technology, it's become so advanced now, not just 3D uh, uh, images, holograms, whether people are alive or not. But now they are making them so smart that these are actual entities within the computer that are intelligent and can carry on a conversation with you. What I'm about to share with you is not scripted. This is live interaction with an image inside of a computer. Check this out. I'd like you to meet a boy called Milo. He's a character that can recognize us, he can recognize our faces, he can recognize our voices, he can recognize emotions in us. And this is Claire, she's going to introduce you to Milo. Hi Milo, how are you doing? Hi Claire, you okay? Actually, I'm a bit nervous. You? Nervous? I don't believe it. This is the first time that thousands of people are going to see this. Thousands of people? Here we're seeing Claire being recognized. Actually, and the emotion in Claire's voice being recognized and that emotion reflecting in Milo's face. Those are all being seen for the first time. So listen, I was thinking today you should let me beat you at football again. That is if you finished your homework. You have finished your school project. What okay? happened there is that
Claire knew Milo so well, she knew when he was worried about something. The head was down, he wasn't looking at the camera so much, and this is about you meeting a character, a person. Well, why don't I help you with yours? Then yours will be brilliant. Hmm. All right. I could just try to catch some fish, draw some pictures in my journal. Maybe I'll do okay this time. I think that's a good idea. Lift off! <laughs> Don't know till I try, do I? Exactly. See? I've got everything we need. Well, great. Let's get started then. You've got to put these goggles on. Goggles? Put them on like this. Okay. What? Like that? Claire has been thrown a pair of goggles. Notice what she did. This wasn't acted. She felt the need to reach down for those goggles. Now, everybody, every single person that has experienced this reaches down because they feel so connected to Milo's world. Cool. So what are we doing? Do I have to stand at the edge? Go on. Put your hands in. It's not too cold. Ha! I bet the fish think you're a monster. Cheeky. Swish the water about a bit. See if you can touch your fish. There Claire is, in Milo's world. She's in that pond. Every hand movement is being recognised. Being able to touch fish being able to swish the water with her hand. Everyone who's experienced it, the hairs are standing up on the back of their head. Now, what's about to happen is some real magic. Well, you're good at drawing. They're only fish, but they're trickier than you think. Well, here, I'll have a go. Right. I'm going to do a body and a tail, the big fin and a smiley face. There we go. What do you think? Look at what just happened. Orange. Claire drew a picture on a piece of paper. The piece of paper was held up to Milo. Natal recognised the piece of paper, scanned the piece of paper in. Milo looked at that piece of paper, recognised the shape, recognised the colour and able to get on with his project. This is true technology that science fiction has not even written about. And this works today. Holograms are three-dimensional images produced by two distinct beams of light. But until now, they could only be seen but not touched. Now scientists in Japan have changed all that with the creation of touchable holograms. Researchers at Tokyo University have come up with a technology that is a first and significant step away from the mouse and keyboard, touchable holograms. Up until now, holography has been for the eyes only, and if you try to touch it, your hand would go right through. But now we have a technology that also adds the sensation of touch to holograms. Touchable holograms could be used for a wide variety of things. Hmm. Notice the hand with the touchable technology. Interesting. I don't know, stir it all together like a, you're cooking something? I'm kind of thinking that, man, maybe that's what the Antichrist is going to do. I mean, his image, the interaction with it. Maybe you have to reach out and take his hand, or maybe you have to interact with it and touch it with your lips and kiss his hand as a sign of worship. <laughs> man, good thing we don't have the technology to do stuff like that. <laughs> that's years down the road. 
One more to go, and then we're going to close. But what about this uh, Antichrist, his death, his alleged death, and whatever it is? Do we have the technology for the first time in mankind's history to give the appearance of somebody coming back to life again? Yes. In fact, folks, scientists right now are working on, right now, how to download the contents of a person's brain in a computer, and in theory, not only preserving it for life, but in theory, eventually transferring that into another lifelike image. Watch this one. Well, it's a conservative statement to say that by 2025 we'll be able to look inside your brain, see everything that's going on, all the interneuronal connections, all the synaptic clefts, all the neurotransmitter strengths, and create a huge database and copy down every salient detail, and then reinstantiate that information in a neural computer of sufficient capacity and create basically a copy of the thinking process that takes place in your brain. To transfer your mind to a computer, this seems to be the ultimate dream of many scientists. To liberate us from our old body that is becoming obsolete in this technological world. We would then go on living as free spirits in cyberspace. So in a way, mind uploading is a shortcut around artificial intelligence that will allow us to have machines with human minds. What did the text say? Oh, that's right. In the last days, the Antichrist is going to die or appear to die, whatever. There's a debate on that. And the false prophet is going to set up this image of this Antichrist guy. And he's going to, that image is actually going to be able to speak and cause all who refuse to worship it to die. And <laughs> man, that's got to be at least 100 years old. Folks, it's happening before our eyes right now. And again, the, the ultimate dupe is how many people do you know, including yourself, before we just shared what we just shared, have any clue that this is available at the fingertips for somebody to use and dupe everyone. But it's happening now for the first time in mankind's history around the world. And this is why Jesus warned us, folks. This is why he's given us the sign of modern technology to let us know the seven-year tribulation is near and Christ's second coming is rapidly approaching. This is why Jesus said again, Luke 21, 28, when these things, guys, begin to take place, what do you do? You better stand up, lift up your head because your redemption, praise God, is drawing near. Folks, like it, lump it, leave it or not, we are headed for the final countdown. And so the point is twofold. One, if you're a Christian, hey, it's time to get busy for Jesus. It's time to lay aside our differences and start working together as a team, God's team, doing great things for him, amen? But if you're not a Christian here today and you're not sure that if you were to die today that you would go with the church at the rapture of the church, you better get ready now. Because the Bible says one day it's gonna be too late. Make sure today. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven and not hell? 
Before you answer that, let me share a couple things with you. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the Bible also says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness is death. In other words, when we die, and it's coming for each one of us, we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, but it's going to happen. The Bible says, therefore, since the wages of our sin is death, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and not to heaven. And that's bad enough, but to make matters worse, we don't want to admit this. God already knows. He knows uh, all of our behavior, everything, our thoughts, what we've done, what even we're going to do. He knows it all. He's gone. Even though he already knows this, we don't want to admit this. And so, out of love and mercy, God gave us something called his law, or the Ten Commandments. It's kind of like his x-ray into our heart to show us what he already knows, that he is holy and that we are not. And it's this unholiness or sin that separates us from him. Let's take a look at God's x-ray, if you will, his divine law, to show us what he already knows. The Ten Commandments, uh, the ninth one, says this, you shall not bear false witness. Okay, that's called lying. Okay, and if you've ever told a lie once, which we all have, myself included, the Bible says that makes you a liar. Okay, the, the, another commandment says you shall not steal. Okay, uh, and you might think, well, that's something that everybody does. Well, it doesn't make it right, and it demonstrates what God is trying to show us, that uh, we all have sin, and it's separating us from him. Even if you took a pencil in the third grade from somebody, if you did it without permission, that's stealing. And so now you've become a thief. The Bible says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And how interesting it is and unfortunate that the only name under heaven by which men might be saved, the name Jesus Christ, has now become a common cuss word. The Bible says that God is so holy that even his name is holy. If you've taken the Lord's name in vain and used it as a cuss word or even flippantly, the Bible calls that the sin of blasphemy. And so now you become a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus says if you even look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. And finally, the Bible says uh, you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? Well, again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred is the same as the sin of murder. The only difference is you pulled the trigger, if you will, in your heart. You wish they were dead. And in God's eyes, it's the same thing in principle. Folks, that's only just a couple of the Ten Commandments. We didn't even go through all of them. But I think you're starting to get the picture. The Bible is correct. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, myself included, and that we are separated from God as a result. And so when our time comes, we're not automatically going to heaven. We are headed for judgment. We are headed for hell. Now let me tell you the good news. The good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save us. Jesus Christ died on the cross. It was the death penalty of its day. He paid in full uh, the price for our sins to be forgiven. Let me give you an analogy. For instance, even today, we could see that a person could commit a crime. Uh, they, they cannot reverse it. The, the sentence has been passed. The judge has uh, slammed his gavel, and they are ushered off into their jail cell. And in this particular crime, they are going to receive the death penalty. And so they're behind bars just waiting for the time, waiting for the call for them to go 
and uh, receive the death penalty. But believe it or not, as we know, there is a way that a person can get off a death row. And that is if the one in authority, the governor, would grant them a pardon. Now, they didn't earn it. Uh, They certainly don't deserve it. And there's nothing they could do uh, to earn it because nothing can reverse their crime. Okay? Yet the one in authority has that ability to grant them a pardon. Well, can I tell you something? That's what God has done through Jesus Christ. The cross was the death penalty of the day. God sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to take the death penalty in our place, and that if we would just receive his pardon for all of our sins, God is willing to allow us to get off a death row. He's willing to forgive us completely of all of our sins. That's the good news that I want to share with you. God loves you. The Bible says that God is not willing that anyone should perish, but everyone come to repentance. Won't you, if that's you, call upon the name of Jesus Christ right now? Won't you ask him to forgive you for sins? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Won't you do that now, wherever you are? Please, take God up on his amazing, loving offer. I'll let you down. Man will let you down. People will let you down. But God never will. He wants to adopt you into his forever family. He loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done, past, present, and future. It's amazing. Please, call upon Jesus now. Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church. If there's anything that we can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Our number and information will come up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.